0: Well, well, well. Look who's back. New podcast, same dummy. I have been programmed to tell you about Gabriel's upcoming show schedule. I don't want to tell you, but I've been programmed. Gabriel will be performing in Tucson April 1 and 2. Spokane, Washington April 7-10. Boise, Idaho April 14-16. April 21st in Olympia. April 22nd in Anumclaw. I have trouble saying the word Anumclaw. But it's the town where that dude had sex with a horse and died. April 23rd, Longview, Washington. If anyone was killed from horse sex there it didn't make the news. For more information and all show dates go to GabrielRutledge.com. And now it's time for the The Drive Home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host. Gabriel. Thank you, Robot Lady. Well, well, well. Look who's back. Back again. Gabriel's back. Tell a friend. With my tail between my legs, look who's podcasting again. It's Mr. Oh, I'm going to quit podcasting because I am a writer. I'm going to start a substack where I will write beautiful words once or twice a month. I don't want to just ramble into a microphone like any idiot. I am a writer, I said to myself, because I forgot that writing is hard. I I accidentally gave myself homework. writing. You're never done writing. You write something, and then you look at it, and then you go, oh, I should make that better. It's terrible. Which is why I'm back to podcasting, where I will ramble into a recording device, and then never think about what I said ever again. What a much better system. Uh... So I'm still. I still will write stuff on occasion. Uh, I did. I wrote a couple things. I have a Substack. This new podcast I'm doing uh, comes from the Substack. Uh, I hope I did that right. I think I set it up so if you you were uh, subscribed to my old podcast, you will get this new episode, or you'll get it twice, or you'll get it not at all. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I decided to. Uh, call the new podcast that's going to be very similar to the old podcast. I decided to call it The Drive Home with Gabriel Rutledge. One, because my name is Gabriel Rutledge. Two, because my complaint about podcasting before was like I didn't really, uh, even when I had the time, I didn't want to take the time. I'm like, but you know when I have a lot of time? Driving home after comedy shows. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. I want people to know right in the title it's probably not going to be <laughs> that good of a quality. That good of a quality. See? If I was writing, I would have to correct that. Not now. Good of a quality. Like an Italian who's happy about equality. It's a good equality. It's a good quality, see? Impressions. You can't do impressions when you're writing. It's probably for the best. Yeah. So, if you're new to me podcasting, uh, I've done it a lot off and on. I keep trying to quit. I did one with my wife years ago called The Rutledges, and we did it for three-plus years, maybe almost four. Some would say we were before our time. Some would say... Uh, There never was going to be a right time for what we did. And then I quit for a while and then I started doing happiness isn't funny. I called it just me rambling. I stopped doing that. (laughs) And then uh, I started podcasting with my wife again, the Rutledge's version 2 when coronavirus started. I think probably the end of March, 2020, we started doing that again. Cause we thought, well, well, now we'll have time. We're both home. We didn't have time. We didn't have a spare fucking minute for years. I would have had a good day since March 11th, 2020. It's probably not true, but it feels that way. And then, uh, so my wife quit the podcast. And so I just kept doing it. And instead of the Rutledge's, it was called The Rutledge, which I regretted immediately because it sounded like it was a hotel. Welcome to the Rutledge. We had a bed bug problem, but it's cleared up now. And so now, uh, here we go, version 40,000 uh, of The Drive Home with Gabriel Rutledge. If you listen to my old podcast and you thought, hey, I enjoy it, but what if I could also hear the sound of windshield wipers while I listened? Yeah, what If you listen to my old podcast and you were like, hey, I like some of his observations and humorous takes on life, but what if I could also hear a turd signal? Did I say turd signal? I might have. <laughs> That's what Batman throws up in the sky when he has diarrhea. Sorry, Alfred. Gotta throw up the turn signal. Got a big battle with the Joker tonight. You know I'm a nervous shitter. So I hope, uh, I hope this sounds okay. I know it's not gonna sound great because I'm recording on my iPhone inside of a Kia Rio. Please send help. Uh, you know, obviously I'm not going to bring my laptop and plug a microphone in and hold the microphone on the way home, so, or will I? So I know it's gonna not going to sound great, but I hope it sounds okay, um, and if it doesn't, uh, you know, give me some time, I'll figure it out, it's my first episode, why are you being so hard on, it's my first fucking episode, you're already complaining about how, no, this is a free podcast, I don't need your sh- you, I'm sorry. No, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just nervous. It's, I'm nervous. I'm sorry. I snapped. I'm, I'm nervous. It's my first episode. I'm embarrassed. I thought I was going to be a big shot Substack writer, and now I'm back podcasting. I'm sorry. No, this. I've been going through a hard time since I was born. And no, I know. I know. i you. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, we can both be sorry. And scene. My marriage is fine, thanks for asking. So yeah, the idea, the idea is like, you know, it's uh, it's the drive home uh, when I have time to talk. And when I kind of want to talk, because I'm all amped up on comedy energy. Although, there might be times I, I might record an episode not in my car. I mean, there's some, when I fly to the gig, the drive home is going to be from the airport, which is usually a pretty exhausted time for me because I often slept one or none hours and then flew home. So I don't know. That might not be the best. And also, I'm not, you know, I'm not even going to say like, oh, episodes are going to come out a certain day of every week or uh, when I do them, I'll put them out. And maybe it won't be every week, or maybe it'll. Well, I was going to say maybe it'll be more than once a week, but I, that seems unlikely. Um, because that's how I have to do it to not feel stressed out about a podcast that is supposed to be fun, and quite frankly, uh, is for not a tremendous amount of people. Wait, why should I say that? I should lie. Hey, if you're new uh, to my podcast, all of my podcasts before this were wildly successful. I had millions of listeners, and I walked away to spend more time with my family. Especially the time with family part. I was just at, uh, what the hell was it called? I was in Linwood, Washington. I think it was called The Vessel, which was, uh, it was called a tap room, but it was... It was pirate themed? I wasn't ready for that? Uh In fact, the bathrooms were themed. The ladies was wenches and the men's was all semen. Ew. But it was all right, it was actually a, like I said, pirate thing. It reminded me of like, uh, I don't know if, you, if you've ever watched uh, Bar Rescue with Jake Tapper. Not Jake Tapper, maybe it's Jake Tapper, I don't know. I can't Google things. I'm in my car. Is Jake? I feel like Jake Tapper's on the news. Anyway, bar rescue. John Tafford? Doesn't matter. I should go back to writing. But he'll take over some shithole bar that, quite frankly, looks like a nice place to have a drink. And he'll, by the time he leaves, he changes everything and turns it into a weird themed bar. That's what I feel like happened to this place in Linwood. Which was cool, by the way. I'm not talking shit about it. But it was like pirate themed everything. (laughs) Hello, matey. Would you like the walk the plank burger? It was that kind of shit. And yes. Semen. The bathroom was for semen. I mean... was the bathroom next door because uh, it was an adult bookstore because it was in an industrial park. Fun show. There was like, I don't know, 15, 17 people. Not a lot of people there. It was a giant room. Uh, but we talked to men to uh, let us go on the floor instead of this giant eight foot tall stage. And uh, look, it's not, I, I just texted my wife. Christy, because I I said, Look, I know it's not always easy being married to a comedian, but tonight it all paid off because the cook, the head mate at this uh, tap room restaurant, uh, he gave me a tin of macaroni and cheese to take home uh, for my kids. So sometimes show business pays off in ways you didn't think. I'm sure Kevin Hart had a show tonight. Do you think he got to take home mac and cheese? I fucking don't think so. Did he take home pasta cooked by a guy with an eye patch? I don't think he did. All right, he didn't have an eye patch, but he should have. For a second, because the guy had just been at the show... And then he said, uh, how old are your kids? And I, I told him, you know, 19, 14, and 10. And he's like, well, I'm going to get you some of uh, some of my homemade mac and cheese then. First of all, what age could I have said that would have made him not give me his homemade mac and cheese? I mean, you know, if I said 18, 13, and 9, would he have been like, mm, close. Not the combination I was looking for. What if my kids were 30? Well, they don't like mac and cheese. But the thing of it is, I didn't know he worked there. I didn't know he was a cook. I thought this lunatic was going to his car to like get mac and cheese that he just drove around with. And I was like, that's a nice offer, but I'm not gonna do that. And then I figured out he worked there. And uh, so yeah, you're goddamn right. I'll take home mac and cheese. What I really like about working comedy clubs as opposed to many of the other shows I do, is, well, I mean a lot of things. Anything that says comedy on the door, uh, it's going to be better. But you go to a comedy club, and for the most part, you know the lights will be fine. You know, you'll be illuminated. The microphone should be fine. People will be sitting in a way that they can see you. And it—that that is not the case uh, at places that aren't just for comedy. You know, a lot of times the lights are blue or red which so you can't see my uh, beautiful face or they're flashing, you know, it's for bands. It's band lighting, you know, and then they're always like, well, I could change the light but I'd have to get a ladder. I'm like, I'll oh, forget it. But it's also, that's what the challenge is, you know? That's what, uh, I don't know. It's not that I want to be challenged, but it's also my job and it's like, hey, I did, show for 17 people in a pirate-themed tap room, And, uh, you know, I got 300 bucks. I'm sorry, doubloons. I got 300 doubloons. (laughs) I'm 300 bucks closer to my death. Wait, that's a bad way to look at it. Plus a bunch of merch. I did very well for 17 people. I haven't counted my money yet because I'm a big Kenny Rogers fan, but... $300 uh, an hour and 15 minutes from my house is worth, you know, $800 somewhere I have to fly. So they might not be sexy. It might not give me the feeling of like, you know, like next week I'm going to Laugh's Comedy Cafe in Tucson. I see that on the calendar. I go, yeah, I'm in comedy. I'm going to Tucson. And it's a, you know, it pays well enough and it's a fun show and I've been there a million times. Yeah, that's the kind of shit I want to do. But sometimes I'm just paying bills. And not that I'm mailing it in. The show, you know, it was a fun show. But I actually think, I was thinking about this. Boy, sorry about all the bumps. Get your, get your shit together, I-5, in the Seattle area. I'm trying to podcast in here. Uh, I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago when I was in British Columbia area. I don't I don't think I've seen a paw not a podcast. I don't think I've seen a documentary that truly captures what being a road comedian is like. And I think it's because. Maybe it's out there and I haven't seen it, but I think it's because it's like it's a high-budget concept that has to go with a low-budget career. But I I was thinking about this because I was driving, we were driving, it was me and two other comics, and we were driving to Port Alberni, I think it's called, British Columbia. And we're like in the car, and you know, all, all these observations that I made in the car, or we all made in the car, you know, they ended up on stage that night. And I wasn't even thinking that when I'm in the car. I'm in the car, I'm just we're driving and I'm like I made the observation They're like hey uh, looks like we're uh, looks like we're driving in a kokanee can kokanee is a beer from British Columbia I think you can get it in America too but it's like picturesque mountain scenes you know we pass a uh, we pass a weed store that has a, a giant inflatable bong out front we pass the mill in Port Albany Then I couldn't tell if it was open or closed, and I made a joke about how, you know, it looks like it wants to be a Bruce Springsteen song, like maybe he calls every year to (laughs) see if the mill's closed yet and he can finish his song. Uh, You know, we're just riffing and having fun in the car, and then all of that shit ended up on stage that night. You know, I don't. I don't think people who only go to comedy clubs or only go to theater shows as comedy fans. I don't think they get a sense of like the amount of random shit that ends up on stage that just came from our day. Like, obviously, I bring my act, but that particular show, I didn't do much of it because it was such a a rowdy and mostly a good way. And then even, even. There's so like Mike Tyson, what's his quote? Everyone's got a plan till you get punched in the face. It was either that or everyone's got a plan till you get convicted of rape. It was either, one of those was uh, his quote. But, you know, I'm watching the comics before me. There's a lady in the crowd who, who uh, was from Oklahoma for some reason, who now lived in Port Albany. And, you know, I'm watching... She was like a big, the Canadian trucker convoy. She was a big fan of that. Like I'm learning information about the crowd from the other comedians. That combined with my act, combined with things I riffed in the car and it all comes out. That's the kind of shit that like, I don't. That's the kind of stuff that impresses me about other comedians and even myself. Like after the show, I go like, wow. I can't believe all that shit came out on stage that I was just talking about earlier. In fact, I think at, at one point, I uh, I looked during that Port Alberni show, I looked at the other comedians after I riffed something about the Bruce Springsteen mill thing, and I go, I got them all in, because I, everything I said in the car, I said on stage. Uh, I've been doing comedy 21 years. I'm gonna say something I never said before. Uh, hello, Port Alberni? <laughs> That good. Uh, I'm going to cross that off my bucket list later, after I write it on there. So far. I don't know where the fuck I am, I don't know what happened. I got in a car in Victoria, now I'm doing comedy on a coke can. I don't know what the fuck is happening right now. I know marijuana uh, is legal here, I saw the inflatable. Uh, <laughs> the way in, for a second, for a second, I thought it was a sex toy store. I'm not gonna bullshit you guys. For a second, I thought, well, that's a little large. I don't know, I don't know how they grow them up in the mountains, but that's a little large for most women's needs. I live in uh, I live in Washington uh, State, America, Oklahoma. What's up? How you doing? Anyway, pork. Uh, if you told me one person here was from Oklahoma, I'd be like, is it the bedazzled hat lady? Nailed like, Starting to see how you ended up here. Uh, you're like, no one will find me in the shadow of a mountain. move next to the mill that's not closed down but kind of looks like it is. <laughs> that mill looks like half of Bruce Springsteen's song. I got them all in. I got them all in.
1: guessing.
0: What's what's your job at the mill?
1: Experimentation in the maintenance department.
0: Did you say experimentation? Uh, instrumentation. 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 Oh. oh okay. Well I hope you don't have to say that a lot of your job It's gonna be a long morning <laughs> She's 37. You don't look 37. I, I know you guys couldn't see her. I was like, you don't look 37. She's like, no. I don't. And that's what I say in the mirror every fucking day. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Those fucking assholes at the mill don't know a good thing when they see it. I know about instrumentation. Who do you gotta fuck in the Trepper convoy to get a joke down there? God damn. I brought jokes, but fuck it. Uh, What's your your job? You're a hairdresser. At the mill? She cut hair at the mill. It was a really weird job. That's your side, the mill's your side show. Just for fun. I cut hair to pay the mills, but my real passion is mill work. I love it. I don't know, what do they make with the mill? Paper? Wood? Big instrumentation. You make paper. You make
1: food wrap. Food wrap
0: paper. I thought you said fruit wrap, but I'm like, I would like a tour. Uh, are there fruit wrap samples down at the mill? I might go down there, get a haircut was my first joke and you're going to have to let it go at some point. I appreciate that you liked it. But I think I speak for the group with, that we booked on. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to start the show over. I look like a guy who has a lighter. at the mill. at the mill. Oklahoma. Bedazzle. We're back. We're fine. We're good. <laughs> here. No! Know.
1: Yeah,
0: you know what my daughter <laughs> it is her birthday you don't love 37 I don't
1: okay we're fine we're back.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ I hurt my brain what just happened I feel like I'm going backwards in the car right now there's a dildo oh it's a bomb When I get there, I'm going to say I'm doing comedy on a cookie can. I just re-entered my mother's womb. That's how far back I went. I went back too far. But you, where did you guys come from? You don't want to think it's my mom. You don't want to think about my mom's womb. Now I've consulted. I used to live there! It is your birthday, and by the power of white women, there is no higher calling.
1: (laughs) You don't understand, officer! It's my birthday! (laughs) Month!
0: It's my birthday! Month! I did my hair, it looks fantastic, but still put a hat on. It's a weird choice. Did everything turn out? But the top was. It's a wing. Is that. Really? I didn't mean to, like, be an Shit, I'm so sorry. Is there some sort of instrumentation that can help me out right now? Do you have an extra bedazzled hat we could borrow? Oh, your friend's got one. I got you. All right. Missouri, the Oklahoma of B.C. It's also in the house. You're too fucking honest, by the way! It's it's a wig! You're going all eight-mile on me. What do you got, fucker? It's a wig! Well, it looks fantastic. Anyway, I don't uh, have a lighter. She was right about that. (laughs) Oh, fuck, I don't know where we were, but here we are. I think that part of comedy is is fascinating to me. Um, And it's weird because the more successful you are, the less you get to do that kind of comedy. But there is something to be said for... I don't know, like uh, if you're watching professional golf, the most exciting thing is to watch them get out of trouble. You know, you don't want to watch Phil Mickelson just hit it off the tee. That's not as exciting as if he hits it off the tee and it goes in the woods and then he has to do some shot where he hooks it around a tree or they have to do one of those things where they pull up one khaki pant leg. and. Put their foot in the water and shoot it out. You want to see them get out of trouble. You want to see the greatest golf—I don't even watch golf—but you want to see the greatest golfers in the world get out of trouble. And there's something to be said for comedy that way too. Uh, or even if it's not trouble, even uh, something will come up in the crowd that I haven't thought of in years. And all of a sudden, I'm riffing about it, and it's something that I haven't thought about since middle school, or something, or it's something from that day. I had a when I was in Victoria, and I wasn't riffing with the crowd for survival like I was in Port Albany. But when I when I was in Victoria, uh, I was talking to this guy who was from the Yukon Territory, and I have done a show there. No, I've never done the comedy store in L.A. Into the Yukon. No, I've never been to the Comedy Cellar in New York City, but... I did the closest Canadian province to Alaska. So that's something. Anyway, I'm talking to this guy, and uh, he's another comedian I was talking to him about Yukon and the, their, their daylight. They have certain times of the year, there's only like six hours of daylight. Or six hours of darkness on different times of the year. I'm just having a conversation with him. That night 60 minutes later I'm on stage talking to this young what I thought was a couple in the crowd and uh the lady, the young lady goes uh, how old am I? This young lady she uh, she said she was from the Yukon. All of a sudden I'm ripping shit about six hours of sunlight which I didn't even know till an hour early. Like that! Try help me to such a brief window in everyone's sexual history. I know you're still there, It's such a brief window. I, I apologize. How old are you, really? I'm 20. You're 20. Yeah, yeah, that's No, it's, it's fine. It's, when you're 30, it's not going to suck to look young. It is fun to hear someone angrily say, I am 20. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: drink a wine cooler if I fucking want it. <laughs> is this, is this, are you, I don't want, I don't want to make any assumptions. What's going on at this? Oh, we're just friends. You're just friends? Yeah. Let's do this. We're from the Yukon. You're from the Yukon? Yeah. Oh, Hi, shit! Whoo! Anyone Fresh. else? Yeah. Do the toy shot! I will the handle this! Yeah. Fucking the Yukon, calm it down over there! I know this is the most people you've ever seen. <laughs> Let me talk you through a crowd, we call it. We call it a crowd. (laughs) I've been to the Yukon, believe it or not. Yeah. yeah. That's all I know about it, but I was was there. It's near Port (laughs) Alberni. Try humping, we're back. Uh, (laughs) It's just funny to think about, like, as an adult. Like, once you move on from it, you don't really (laughs) go back. Like, no adult relationship is ever going to be like, you know what, I was thinking, hear me out. (laughs) Tonight, just for old times' sake.
1: (laughs) Let's
0: put on our thickest jeans. Shape it up. Let's go till it burns like the old (laughs) days. Let's drive home like there's six hours a day. Like, that was
1: ridiculous.
0: (laughs) That's the kind of documentary I wish I would make. I could make. But it's a lot. Tape, everything or even the aspect of not stuff I'm riffing or not me but anyone any not just the, 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 the stuff the comic is is riffing or improvising that night but the way that they have to do their material that particular night the way that I have to you know how do you go back to your act after you sing a Bruce Springsteen song oh Mel no, no, no. would like, I would like to see that documentary. Uh, a headliner level comedian. Oh, oh my bullshit. I want to see it about me. You know, not just like a comedian doing bad shows. I don't mean like everyone's ignoring you and you're in some shitty venue and it's not going well, but it is going well. But the reason it's going well is because you're pulling upon every ounce of your experience and skill to make it happen. Uh, And in some ways, I think that's a little more interesting than here's me performing the best version of these jokes for a comedy special. In some ways, I think that uh, is a more interesting story. But what the fuck do I know? I podcast in my car. Well, I'm podcasting in my car. why to going go the pirate bar? I sound nothing like Bruce Springsteen. Uh, What else do I wanna talk about? Well, my dry bar comedy special came out. Um, if you don't know what that means, uh, it's a comedy company run out of Utah that puts out clean comedy specials. And uh, my history with them is uh, I got offered it early. I said no. Um, I saw a lot of my fellow comedians put them out after I said no, and they did very well. They looked good, a lot of exposure and a lot of money that I probably missed out on by saying no in the beginning. Uh, And then I said no again because I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be like, Known as a clean comedian. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a dirty comedian, but I'm not carrying around all this repressed evangelical Christian childhood feelings uh, so I cannot swear, so I cannot talk about sex on stage. Uh, so, anyway, I said no again. And then, you know tucked the old tail between the legs and eventually asked if I could record a dry bar special. Uh, And then, you know, they go on YouTube, they go on Facebook, I think some of them go on Amazon Prime. Um, And then I was supposed to record it the end of March 2020. Um, And obviously that did not happen uh, because of coronavirus. So I recorded it in... September 2020 when they started they're like we're gonna start recording specials again it'll be a limited crowd due to uh, coronavirus restrictions at first they told me it was 150 people in a room that seats 300 something and then they told me it was gonna be a hundred and then by the time I did the show the capacity was 50 people and at that time uh, Provo, Utah was kind of... BYU was there. They were having a real uptick in uh, coronavirus. So 30-something... We taped two shows. 30-something people came to each show. 30-something, socially distant, 8-foot-apart tables. Most of the 30... I would say 20 of the 30 people at each show was wearing masks. And uh, it just... (laughs) Also, my microphone went out (laughs) for a while uh, during one of the tapings. It's not that I bombed. I didn't feel like I bombed, but it's like it was in front of 30-something people. It didn't sound that good. People laughed when I wanted them to, but like not. It just didn't sound like a special, especially compared to other dry bar comedy clips in front of 300-plus people in a packed room, and I'm in, you know, I'm doing an apocalypse comedy special in Utah for people wearing masks, eating candy because they don't drink there. It was my low point of coronavirus. Taping that dry bar comedy special. The worst I felt no I mean I know the only reason that was my low point is it's like it's you know, it's not like anyone close to me died or it's just it was my low point of 2020 because I needed it to be my high point. I already like lost my job of being a professional comedian. I was still doing it, but certainly not enough to pay the bills, so I was delivering groceries. I needed the dry bar thing to go well. It did not feel like it went well. I was pretty devastated. I asked them. If I could record it again at a different time, I, I said I don't really want to put it out. And they're like, no, it's great. You know, they're 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 Mormon kids. They're not children, but like everyone there was like super young and optimistic, and uh, it was great. You'll see, it was great. And I was I was really I mean, like I said, low point. And then I don't know. Quite a while later, they sent me the first cut of the, what? what is it, 25-minute comedy special. And it was like, okay, it's not as bad as it felt on stage. But I still didn't love it. And they are like, well, we haven't even done the audio yet. Uh, we just wanted you to... You know sign off on what we have the editing or whatever i'm like oh okay, we haven't even messed with the audio yet they sent me the final version and look is it perfect no do i wish there was a full room of course uh but is it bad does it suck no they did a pretty good job it's not like they added laughs from uh, a full room but just that particular room, they really, I don't know, they just, they turned up the 30 people enough so it sounds okay. There is one particular joke, there's definitely some audience shots, (laughs) there's one particular joke I told uh, that night where I was talking about uh, how people say, people always tell me how I look like and it's never good, it's never Thor. Uh, It's, you know, chubby Jesus or whatever. And then at the end of that joke, I say, I bet Jesus never got called a fat foo fighter. And that night, that joke got a groan. A little bit of a laugh, and it got a groan. And when I watched the final – I bet Drybar doesn't want me saying this. But when I watched the final cut of what ends up on that special, the groan is gone, and there is a laugh, and it shows. It flashes to an audience shot that was not at my show. It's a table of people laughing with no masks on, and they are—they were. I'm telling you, they were not at my show. Uh, but thank you, Drybar. Thank you. That joke did deserve better. Thank you for sprucing up the audio. That's not uncommon, by the way. I—I I know. I know someone who was very surprised to see themselves in an Ali Wong special. I think it was her first one on uh, Netflix that blew her up, Baby Cobra, maybe? Something like that. I know someone who saw themselves in an audience shot in Ali Wong's Baby Cobra Netflix special. And, And they were quite surprised because they were not at that show. They were at a different show in the Moore Theater with the same production company that made Ali Wong's special. But they were not at that show, but yet there they were in an audience reaction shot. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it happens. I'm not suggesting they changed Ali Wong's audio. I'm just saying, you know, for editing, they'll show a crowd shot and, you know. But see, now, (laughs) now that it's, so far they've put out a couple clips on Facebook, a couple clips on uh, YouTube, one on Instagram. I mean, it's definitely way more views than I'm used to getting, but I would say in the 600,000 views total range so far, and you know, things have changed. Maybe dry bar clips aren't getting as much as they used to, hopefully it'll be millions someday. But it's a little, I'm very, I'm very sheepishly embarrassed about how devastated I was about this dry bar comedy special that they, I got to title it and I called it a third of the room, uh, just cause I wanted, it actually was much less than a third of the room. It was more like 10% of the room, but I wanted some sort of reference to like, Hey, this isn't a normal comedy show. <laughs> I should I should've called it. Normally I do much better than this, but it's fine. No one has even commented that the crowd doesn't sound like they're into it. No one's commented on anything like that at all. I mean, I wanted to do heroin that night after taping. I was so hating life and depressed and not suicidal or anything. I'm way too into myself to kill myself, but I was so fucking devastated. And if you are listening to this because you saw my dry bar comedy clip, I'm sorry I said fucking, but this is the real me. I apologize. I was so demoralized, devastated, depressed after that happened. And then whatever, 18 months later, it comes out and I'm like, ah, it's okay. What a, what a waste of being demoralized, what a waste of, it just proves, I don't, you know, I, this is why I don't set goals, because if I got what I wanted all the time, it wouldn't necessarily be good for me. If I got what I wanted, my band would have been a lot bigger. And then I would have never done comedy. If I got what I wanted, my dry bar special wouldn't have come out. But now it is out and I'm glad. Just to have it, you know, to have that journey over. Okay, it's out, whatever happens, happens. I hope it blows up. If it doesn't, at least it's out. Who am I to tell the universe what I think is best for me? this is what I want. I never wanted three children. They're all here now and I can't imagine my life without them. That's not true. I imagine my life without them all the time, but not in that way. I just imagine sleeping in and having more money. I don't imagine Again, it's not, I'm never happy with anything. That's the nature of being a comedian. It's not, I've never taped anything. I've been like, that was great. That's not true. I taped one thing that I immediately thought I killed it and I wouldn't have done it again and I thought it couldn't have gone better. And that was Nick Mom Night Out for Nick Jr. Which you can't find the footage anywhere. And even though I was very happy with the set I did, I'm glad because I was quite, a bit heavier than I realized at the time. And also the camera adds 40ish pounds. And I also, uh, I had to wear their wardrobe. And they gave me like a shirt that was way too big for me that looked like something Ray Romano would wear. And so even though I was happy with the set, when I saw it on TV, I wasn't happy. Because I was like, oh, who's this (laughs) fat asshole wearing a dumb blue button up shirt? That's the nature of so many of the things I've done. It's like every TV appearance I didn't love. Every album I put out, when I look back, I'm like, meh. Every book I've written, meh. I wrote one in 2020. I'm embarrassed because the way I wrote about that dry bar comedy special, I, I wrote like it was going to end my career. I wrote like I was so damn by how that taping went. Uh, and now, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's like everything else in my whole life. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. What a melodramatic asshole I am. It's like being bipolar, but. No, it's like. It's not bipolar, it's just polar. stupid setup I have for myself where I'm allowed to get really low, but I'm not allowed to get that high. Now I get high on stage and it feels good, but I don't ever get bipolar about my career. I just get polar. I just get, you know, things are okay, but they could be better. You know, I don't get wild swings of optimism about my comedy career. Here's a phrase I've never said in 21 years of comedy. And this is just the beginning! I've never said that. It's been more like, when will this end? Uh, And I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine, everybody. Most of the dry bar comments on the videos are uh, very positive. Uh, There are a few people (laughs) who have made their way to my YouTube page. Which is cool, too, because... uh, my views on my YouTube page are way up, which is kind of silly because I'm like more excited about that. One of the clips on Facebook has like 250,000 views, but I'm like, yeah, but my special on YouTube is up to 62,000. Uh, but there are a few comments on the on my YouTube page that are like, came here from the dry bar clip. I don't care for the language, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people who are probably Mormon. I'm sorry can't be for everyone all the time. I have not read every comment, uh, but some of the comments on the dry bar clips are just confusing. They're just confusing. Like, I would take, like, there's a few of them that are like, I hope this guy has a day job. And they're like, okay, look, I wish you would have liked it, but you didn't. I understand that. Or I didn't laugh once, whatever. Some of them, some of the comments are just weird. One guy commented on Facebook, uh, this guy's funny, but he doesn't have long hair. Long hair is when it gets to your waist. And then some people argued with that guy. Like, what are you talking about? Why is that the definition of long hair? Clearly, it's just some guy who's very proud he has hair all the way to his waist. So he thinks he he gets to be the judge and jury on who has long hair. Apparently uh, mine's just a little grow out. Mine's just a little shaggy because he's got hair all the way to his ass. I don't want to judge anyone on what is long or not long hair, but I will say hair to to your butt, hair to your waist is a bit of a problem. Okay, when you have to do a hair flip before you wipe your ass, that's too much hair, dude. It's not functional. Hair that long is for like people in religious cults that only wear denim and country singers. Hair to your waist? That's a ridiculous amount of hair. And I think more about those comments than I do. This guy isn't funny. Sometimes it's positive comments, but I—they're not, you know. It's like I didn't think that's <laughs> i didn't think this guy was that good until he got to this one joke. I liked that one. I didn't laugh once until he said the thing about fat Foo Fighter. That one got me, and then I know on my soul, <laughs> I didn't earn that laugh. <laughs> that's like porn clips. Comments on porn clips where it's like people are saying too much information. I lasted until 2.37, you're like, I don't need to know that about you. I just used a bathroom called all semen, but I still don't need to know about yours, sir. People who comment on porn clips, it's even crazier than commenting on clean comedy clips. One guy said, one, one comment was, uh, seriously, this guy has the eyes of Dr. Frankenstein. No thank you. I read that right before I went to bed. That's, why am I reading comments? What does that do for my mental health before I drift off to sleep? To be like, Dr. Frankenstein, no thank you. Well, at least he thinks I'm a doctor. Night, night. It's actually really—I mean, it's a uh, very high-definition broadcast-quality comedy specials that Drybar makes. Uh, so, like I said, so far they put out clips. I—they someday they'll put out the full 25 minutes, but it is not easy to see yourself and that clarity, that (laughs) crisp, high definition camera work zoomed into your fucking face where you're like, well, that's an angle I could have lived without seeing on myself. But here we are. All right, I think we're going to call that good. We're going to call that a car cast. That's what I should have called it. Damn it! It's too late. No, I'm sure CarCast is already taken, but... So is The Drive Home. But not The Drive Home with Gabriel Relich. That's uniquely mine. Uh, hopefully this sounded okay. And if, you know, uh, it's the first one! It's the first episode! Why are you being so hard on me? This is a free fucking podcast! You, no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I love you too.